We're live. We're live. Hello, everybody. I don't know if it's even working. Looks like we got two viewers, so we'll see how it goes. I think uh, Mandy and Annalise going to sing for us before we get started.
All right, we've got a uh, few folks on with us. I know I put it on late, and uh, um, but we'll give this a try tonight and see how it goes. Uh, I think we'll be okay. Not real sure, but uh, nevertheless, uh, it'll be on the podcast following this. So you, if, if this doesn't work or if the audio is not right, uh, at least we'll have something else there. I'm just kind of trying this. Looks like that we're going to be. Uh, uh, doing this for several more weeks it seems like um, and uh, but so felt like we wanted to try and do something where we could interact with folks and maybe we'll get better with, at this as we go along but we'll be in uh, Romans chapter number seven tonight uh, so we'll get through uh, we'll try and finish Romans seven and then uh, um, we'll uh, we'll do what the Lord wants us to do tonight but um Start reading in uh, chapter number 7, verse number 1. It says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. Uh, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she, uh, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, uh, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we... Uh, wherein we were held that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good <clears throat> made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working uh, death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For, the, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in the flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For, uh, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find a then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 
I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And uh, let me fix something right here before somebody tries to call me so I don't lose my recording. Believe it or not, I'm getting better at this. <clears throat> but um, so that if that's collect, uh, collect, uh, correctly reading the seventh chapter uh, of the book of Romans, 25 verses, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, and then we'll get on with this. Our Father which art in heaven, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this privilege, this opportunity that you've afforded us to study thy word. We pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts and our minds tonight. We pray that you'd enlighten us. Uh, Lord, revelate our hearts, God, that we may know truth. Lord, let us speak only that which... Uh, would be sent from thee. Let us speak truth from the word of God. We pray, Father, that you'd instruct our lips, our mind, our hearts, Father, Lord, that we would only do that which would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. We pray that you bless those that are watching tonight that may listen later. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this platform that you've allowed for us, and we pray, God, that we would make uh, the most of it in this time, God, which you've afforded us. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, for uh, those that this sickness and disease has stricken, we pray for our health care workers, our nurses, our doctors, and our medical professionals, and all those others, our public servants that are serving us uh, for the greater good of the people. And I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we would do our part as the church, God, that we'd get the message of the, of the gospel of our Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would spread it far and wide and abroad, and we would do our part uh, and praying for uh, all those that this is affected and, uh, and all those who are, are taking part uh, to be of aid. We know that all things come from thee. All good things come from the Father of lights uh, from above. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that, uh, that you'd be with us, you'd meet with us, watch over us, keep us in care for us. And we'll certainly thank you and praise you for what you do. If we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. But as we get into the seventh chapter uh, of the book of Romans tonight, we... Um, uh, we'll do our very best to uh, <clears throat> to keep this uh, to an hour, uh, and I know that most people probably won't hang in live for an hour, and I don't necessarily expect you to, and that's one of the uh, good things about being live is uh, I'm assuming we'll see how this goes, that this will upload to YouTube uh, where you'll be able to view it later, but nevertheless, it'll be on, uh, we'll, we'll publish it to the podcast uh, after this is over. But we get back into the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, and Paul, uh, here he, he takes and he goes into uh, talking about marriage. And, and you've got to remember, we're coming off uh, the sixth chapter of Romans when he is identifying, and he leaves us at the end. He said, for the wages of sin, the 23rd verse of the sixth chapter, he said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he leads back in uh, to verse number seven. We encourage this every week as we go through and we study the Word of God. Uh, don't read things in isolation. Don't, uh, we've got to read the, uh, the entire Bible in context of how it was written and how it was delivered. So we would encourage you uh, to go back and listen uh, if you have not already. But the Bible tells us, it says in verse uh, uh, or number one, it says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. And that's the question. It says now, we lead into verse number two, and he starts to interject some uh, symbology. And he says, For the woman uh, which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. And so now he's getting into the legal implications like we see him 
uh, as we begin to work our way through this, uh, the book of Romans is very judicial in how it's written. And we see the terms uh, justification and we see the terms righteousness. We see uh, propitiation uh, and all the things and the legal attributes which uh, pertain to the grace of God, which Paul is trying to communicate. And so here he, he takes a break and he begins to run a, a parallel in symbology. He talks about uh, how when a, 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 a man and, and a woman are joined together in marriage, it says that they're bound uh, by that marriage until death. It says, uh, now listen, for the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. Uh, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from that law of her husband. He's driving to a point. Verse 3, the Bible says, So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, uh, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she uh, is no adulteress though she be married to another man. So now, and the reason that we're getting into this, we're talking about uh, the binding of the covenants that are joined together. And, and listen, when we get past the binding of the covenants, the scripture talks about being married together and the implications of death and how death frees from that command. So we get into verse four. Now it gives us some, this symbology of marriage and how death uh, uh, can end the covenant that was taken between the two, and only death. Now the Bible says, Wherefore, uh, my brethren, ye, are, uh, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married uh, to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should, that we should uh, bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, or the sinful passions of sin, uh, we were, uh, by the law, uh, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So let's go back to verse number four. The Bible says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye, are, uh, ye also are become dead to the law. How are we become dead to the law? The Bible tells us as we continue to read, by the body of Christ. So we are dead to the law through the body of Christ. And not only dead to the law through the body of Christ, listen, now it, it tells us, uh, listen, when we die uh, in Christ, as we read uh, last week uh, in, in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, we'll, we're going to do a little flipping back and forth here this week uh, as we want to try. This is a continuous thought as we verse, uh, get into chapter number seven. It says in chapter six, verse four, it says, therefore we are buried uh, with him. By baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So here, uh, we begin to see this contrast that is coming in. And we are buried in baptism. We are raised in his likeness, but we are buried in his baptism. Uh, listen, so as when we are buried uh, in his baptism, when we die, listen, we become dead to the law. And we get into the implications of what the law does here in just a few minutes, it says by the body of Christ that we should be married to another. So who should we be married to after, uh, listen, we become dead to the law uh, by the body of Christ. We should be married to another, which is him who has raised from the dead that we should bring uh, forth fruit unto God. So we are buried with him in baptism and in death we are, uh, we are judicially uh, buried. We are dead. We are separated. We know that sin separates us. So uh, we are dead to what sin would bring through the revelation of the law. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But uh, the Bible says in verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the, the motions of sin, or when we were, or were in the sinful passions of our flesh, 
we were by, uh, which were by the law, uh, did work in our members to bring forth uh, fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein uh, we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. So Paul is giving us uh, just a brief overview. Overview. We go through uh, verses number four, five, and six, and we see uh, if we could go back and go through uh, chapters uh, five, six, and seven, uh, or, or uh, six, seven, and eight, we see the parallels uh, that are drawn from verses four, five, and six. Uh, but the Bible tells us as we get through this, it says we are delivered from the law. We're no longer bond in bondage to the law if we have been buried with him, if we have died in Christ and been raised in newness of life. But it says, but now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we uh, were held that we should serve in newness of spirit uh, and not in the oldness of the letter. We encourage you to go back and listen last week to uh, Romans chapter number six when we talk about all the inheritance of the things that we gain and that we get. Uh, through the newness of salvation. We'll not cover that again tonight. Uh, listen, in verse number seven, the Bible says, but uh, uh, what, shall we, uh, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? He said, God forbid. Nay, I had not known a sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. And so friends, listen, we just want to take just a few minutes and talk about this as we get into this, because this is a clear distinction. And Paul gives a personal testimony of where he's lying right here. And he gives us personal testimony in speaking to the mental capacity that he had and the culpability that is required to man. It says, now listen, what, was, what shall we say then? He asked the question, is the law sin? He said, God forbid. Uh, listen, the law is not sin. The law is the, uh, is the revelation of where we have breached God's law. And because it is the revelation of where we have breached God's law, it brings forth death. So when we find ourselves, when we have died uh, because we realize uh, consciously and intellectually what we have done, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes, but once we realize what we have, when we have breached God's law consciously and intellectually, and we reach a place where we, we are spiritually dead, we are separated uh, because we realize that we are now culpable of our own sin because we have ratified the work of Adam just so also as we've ratified the work of Adam, we must also ratify the work of Christ. Uh, so friends, listen, this is where we get into the, uh, when we start, uh, begin discussion about uh, listen, we believe in inherited sin. We do not affirm in an, uh, inherited guilt. Nowhere in the Bible uh, does it tell us that we are guilty of Adam's sin. We are not guilty of Adam's sin. We are. We have a bend and an inclination towards sin. We discussed this and covered this last week. We have a bend and an inclination towards sin because we inherited that sinful nature from our greatest father, Adam. And because we've inherited that sinful nature, listen, there are things about us innately. Our nature in and of itself, it seeks to pleasure this flesh. And so we understand. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? He said, God forbid. No, that's the furthest thing that the law is, is sin. 
And this, uh, the law is a revealer of, of the goodness and the greatness and the glory of God. But it, listen, not only that, he describes that in great details in just a few more verses. But listen, what it brings us to, it brings us to this place where we realize that we cannot be saved, uh, we cannot get deliverance, we cannot be born again, amen? Uh, we cannot be born into the family of God, we cannot be born from the seed of above, uh, that sinless, holy, and perfect seed. The Bible tells us in 1 John uh, chapter 5 that it is a seed that is planted within us, sown from above, that cannot sin. Uh, so friends, listen, we understand, we, we, we will talk about the eternal of that seed in just a minute. Uh, but the Bible says, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Uh, so friends, listen, the Bible tells us in, in the book of Romans in the first chapter in the 16th verse, and we quote this every week, and, and I don't care, uh, we're going to keep uh, and, and continue to quote it. He said, for the uh, gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Uh, friend says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also uh, to the Greek. So friends, listen, we need to understand something uh, this morning. It is a glorious experience uh, when we have that communion with the Holy Spirit of God. When the man of God stood up the day that you were saved, uh, or maybe the first time that you uh, realized your convicted state and you found yourself arrested by the Spirit of God. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us this, and we talk about this uh, at great length, but the Bible says in John six forty four. For no man can come unto the Father unless the Father which sent him draw him. Amen. The operative, the two operative words of that verse are can come. Uh, listen, can implies ability. I do not tell my children to do something that they do not have the ability to do. Therefore, the Bible is clear in its intentionality. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, so it says that we can come. Uh, those that the Father enables, that, that they can come to the Son. Who has the Father enabled? So the Bible tells us in John 12 and 32, he said, if I, if I be lifted up the earth, he said, I will draw all men, amen, all men, A-double-L, that is without exception, not without distinction. Uh, listen, he, he has purpose in that. We've talked about this. Listen, the cross of Calvary is not limited. It is not particular, uh, and it is not definite. The cross of Calvary is unlimited. The cross of Calvary is sufficient for every single man, woman, boy, and girl, amen, the Bible tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that they shall be saved. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, we'll get to this in a few weeks, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. And then he said in the 13th verse, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Friend, it is that simple because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, listen, before the gospel can revive life through the arresting of the Spirit of God, we must first die. And so listen, when we die, 
and we realize our convicted state, we realize where we stand separated from a holy and a righteous God. Friends, listen, I want to talk about this and just reiterate it again just one more time. Uh, listen, as we get to the third chapter of the book of Romans, we, uh, uh, several of us preachers, we have Bible study on Monday night. We're having it remotely now, but we'll continue to have it. Uh, but listen, we got to discussing this, and, and I, I, I probably didn't do a, a good enough job talking about this, but uh, this uh, these few verses right here in the seventh chapter, they tie uh, they tie back in to the third chapter in verses 9, 10, uh, 11, and 12. Now listen, the Bible says, what then are, are we better than they? No, in no wise, uh, for we have uh, b- before proved that both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. So friends, listen. We come to this realization uh, that we're all sinners, amen? But through the inheritance of our greatest father, Adam, uh, listen, we have inherited sin. And because we've inherited sin, uh, listen, the Bible never speaks about that we've inherited guilt, but because we've inherited sin, we find ourselves, uh, uh, listen, in the context of these verses. The Bible says, and it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, amen? Uh, So friends, listen, we need to understand this. We do not seek God. God seeks us. Amen. We in no way, shape, or form, we cannot seek God. Friends, listen, that's why I have been purposeful and intentional as I have tried to teach through the book of Romans. Friends, listen to me. It is, uh, listen, it's not of me. It's not anything that we do or we offer or we try to attain to. It's what he has done for us. He has sought us. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4 and 10, not that we love God, but that he first loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Amen. Uh, 1 John 2 and 1, he said, I write these things unto you little children that you sin not. But if you do sin, you have an advocate or a mediator or an attorney with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. I love this, not for our sins only, uh, but for the sins of the whole world. Uh, Titus 3 and 5, he said, not by our works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing, renewing, and regenerating of the Holy Ghost of God, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. Friends, listen to me. Uh, it's nothing that we've done. We didn't seek God. God has continually sought us. We've said this numerous times. Uh, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, he existed in eternity past, and because of his existence in eternity past, he is not an answer to our sin. He is the redeemer of our sin. Hallelujah. And because he is the redeemer of our sin. Friends, listen, the plan of, and purpose of redemption always has been. He's always sought us. It was always his desire, his intention through his omnibenevolence to seek a fallen creature and to seek a fallen creation and, and listen, to draw and redeem them back. He, he bought them back. You are bought with a price. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 8, the Bible says, not, uh, listen, for you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, friends, we're not saved. I'm not saved by my works and by what I do. I'm saved by His work. I'm saved through the work of Calvary. You're saved through the work of Calvary. You can't get saved any other way. He has to seek us. But thank God, friends, listen, He has sought us through 
the cross of Calvary. He has sought us through creation. He has sought us uh, through his son Jesus. He has sought us uh, through the word of God. He has sought us uh, through the spirit of God. And the Bible said in John 16, he said, when the spirit has come, he shall reprove or convict the world of sin. Glory to God. Friends, listen. Hey, I'm telling you something. When the gospel is presented in preaching and a person realizes intellectually and consciously and they understand where they stand with God when the when the gospel is preached and they realize that they're separated from God there is a response that listen is a necessity it is required you cannot go back once you've entered into this place so friends listen the Bible tells us in Romans 3 and 11 or, or yeah uh, well, 310, it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. See, uh, listen, I agree with that, amen? Uh, don't you? Why should we agree with it? Because the Word of God says it, amen? Uh, listen, there's a lot of people who say, well, the Word of God says it, I believe it, and therefore it's true. That's a lie. The Word of God says it, it's true, and it is not contingent upon your belief, amen? Uh, the Bible, the Word of God is never true uh, based on some man's belief. The Word of God just is the Word of God, and it is always true. It will never falter. It will never fail. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But he said, my word shall never pass away. Amen. Hey, listen, and don't even get me stirred up on the word. Amen. Listen, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him, there's nothing made that is made. In verse 14, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Thank God, friends. Listen today. I'm glad that the word of God is seeking. That's what Jesus said. Amen. He said, I came to seek and to save those which are lost. And that is his purpose. That is his plan. And that's what he will execute to those that would believe. Listen, the Bible says there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Amen. Listen, in my fallen, corruptible, sin-filled state, I cannot seek God. But thankfully, he has sought me. Thankfully, he has sought you. And he's made a way through the cross of Calvary, through the word of God, through his son Jesus, through the spirit of God, that we can, listen, we can admit that we are sinners. We can cry out to a holy and a loving God. And when we realize intellectually and mentally, and, and we come to that place in our heart, we talk about our hearts being wrecked today. Listen, that conviction finally, uh, listen, it, it finished. Amen. Uh, we need to understand something, Francis, and conviction was always there. Conviction wasn't just a day that happened. Hey, praise God. He's been seeking us long before uh, we ever knew what was going on. We just realized it that day. And when we realized it, it was death unto us. That's what Paul is talking about. But see, we didn't seek God. God has sought us. And because God has sought us, he can save us by, listen, when we surrender to him by faith through grace. Listen, uh, now uh, we'll get back over here to this. Uh, in verse number seven, it says, what should we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou uh, shalt not covet. So friends, listen, uh, the law brought, brought the revelation of sin, and because the law brought the revelation uh, uh, and the understanding 
the intellectual conception of sin, it also bore death because he realized uh, that he could not be. Uh, listen, did he, we realize that we cannot be anything special. Uh, we realize that we in and of ourselves that we uh, we can't be right. The Bible tells us that uh, that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God, what the book of Isaiah says. But now listen to verse number 8. The Bible says, But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. Now these are some important verses right here. Uh, verse number 9 and 10. Now listen, he said in verse number 9, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. See, friends, listen. There reaches a place in every single one of our lives. And I've got these scriptures pulled up over here in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 39. The Bible says, Moreover, Deuteronomy 1, 39, Moreover, your little ones, which he said, uh, should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. We see this littered throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. And I want to remind you of this something uh, right here too, amen. Uh, listen, when the early church was instituted, uh, the gospel was the Old Testament. These, uh, the writings that we have, uh, listen, we, we have these writings because this is the testimony of the church. This is the revealed, uh, this is the uh, concealed gospel that we had in the Old Testament that is now revealed unto us. And thank God that we have it. Thank God that we can preach it. Thank God that we can share it. Thank God that we can pray over it. But we need to understand, friends, listen, uh, that these people that uh, that God was seeking, he was seeking them uh, through the Old Testament. Uh, listen, and he said, this which I had, uh, Paul said, this law which I had constructed and built up and listen, Paul was a Pharisee he had known by memory the first five books of the Bible. He he memorized the Pentateuch. He, he understood these things. He understood the leverage that the law had in his life. He realized who and what he was. Friends, listen, but the Bible tells us that there came a place and point in time intellectually, just as these children do, just as I did when I was eight years old, just as you did, whatever age it was for you. Friends, listen, there, there comes an age, listen, when we ratify the work of Adam in our lives and we ourselves are are responsible for our own guilt, not for Adam's guilt, but for our own guilt. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter number 18, he said the father is not responsible for the sin of the son, nor is the son responsible for the sin of the father. You see, friends, listen, uh, there comes a, a place of responsibility, and that place of responsibility uh, and burden rests upon individuals. It does not rest upon God. Uh, friends, too many people, and too often today, uh, we have put the burden back on God. Uh, we said, well, uh, God will do it when God wants to do it. Friends, listen to me. God, hey, hey. Uh, there was intentionality. There was, in, there was purpose in what he said on the cross of Calvary when he said, it is finished. Telesti, uh, the Greek word, uh, Greek accounting term, which is, means paid in full. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, uh, uh, he meant what he said. There is nothing more that he can do to aid or benefit from salvation. He says you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. Amen. Through Jesus alone. That's the only way. Uh, friends, listen, and because he has instituted these principles and because he has given us everything, he has completed it on Calvary. Glory to God. He said it is finished. And when he said it, he meant it. 
Amen. And we as the church, we need to take the finality of the cross to heart. Amen. We need to use it. We need to go out into a lost and dying world. We need to go on the YouTubes and the Facebooks. Listen, and the podcasts. And, hey, I want the whole world to know about my Savior, Jesus Christ. I want them to be saved. Truly, truly saved and born again. That is my heart's desire. Do I always live a life in front of people that I always should? No, absolutely not. Uh, Paul's going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Is that an excuse? No, uh, it's not an excuse. Uh, could I do better? Absolutely. Could you do better? Absolutely. Uh, friends, listen, but we've got to come to the realization that we, uh, in and of ourselves, we are not righteous. We are not good. It is the goodness, the glory, and the grace of God which makes us entirely any, any good thing about us comes from the Father of lights, what the book of James said. Now listen, Paul said, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Amen? So listen, obviously Paul didn't die physically, but he died spiritually. Friends, listen, when we reach that intellectual age and we understand, uh, listen, I believe it's a lot younger than people uh, give credit for. Uh, friends, listen, but the Bible tells us as we walk through the Old Testament, uh, we see that, uh, that God, uh, listen, uh, God passed over some folks just for the, uh, you know, when the Bible tells us that they sinned after they'd come out of Egypt, uh, the scripture tells us that uh, for a purpose now, now you go figure out what the purpose is, but uh, for a purpose, God, uh, he killed all those over the age of 20, but all those 20 and below, uh, he, he, he held them and, and he permitted them to go into the promised land. Friends, listen, there comes a, a place and, and a point, and uh, listen, we've lost expediency in the church today uh, because, uh, listen, we have taken the burden off of man's responsibility to respond to gospel, and we have now taken that responsibility, and we've shifted it and put it back on God as if he didn't mean what he said when he said, it is finished. Friends, listen, you see, we understand that we reach a, a place and a point. Now, friends, we got to understand here when Paul, uh, when he wrote this, Paul realized the implications of the law long far before he was ever saved. Listen, he was a man that went out on the road. Listen, the Bible tells us he was on the road to Damascus and had letters in his hand. What were the letters? He possessed death warrants to go execute the church and kill the Christians. He had intentionality. He believed that he was doing a work of God. Friends, listen, that's what he believed. He was witness to Stephen's death. He was around when they crucified Jesus. His mentors were the ones that did crucify Jesus. He knew full well who Jesus was. And when Jesus struck him down on the road to Damascus, that's why he spoke explicitly to him and he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? He knew exactly who it was. Friends, listen, and I'm telling you something today. The church has shifted the blame back on God far too long, far too much, far too many times. Uh, listen, friends, I'm telling you something. We, uh, we, uh, the Bible has therefore concluded that all men everywhere therefore should repent what the Bible says. Uh, listen, in the Acts, in, in the 17th chapter, 
And I just believe what the Word of God says. Friends, listen, I believe that we should, listen, run to the cross of Calvary. I believe we should tell all that would listen about the cross of Calvary. I want them to be saved. I believe that God wants them to be saved. Second Peter 3 and 9, he said, the, the, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I believe he meant what he said. Uh, 39 minutes in, we'll uh, go just a few more a few more minutes and then we'll we'll call it a day it says for i was alive without the law once but when the commandment came sin revived and i died so he died he became alive listen this is important now he said when the commandment came sin revived he became alive and then he died listen the law didn't kill him the gospel didn't kill him. His sin against the law. Amen. His sin against the law, his sin against the gospel is what killed him spiritually. Uh, friends, listen, uh, but I'm glad, friends, listen, when we stand up against the law uh, and it executes us and we realize uh, that we cannot do anything, I'm glad that we have an advocate, an intermediary. There, the Bible tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. We preached on this a couple Sundays ago. Hebrews 12, verse number one, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, or excuse me, that's uh, Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies uh, uh, Listen, holy and acceptable on the Lord, which is your reasonable service. He said, be not conformed to this world, be transformed uh, in your mind by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Uh, Hebrews in the 12th chapter, uh, in the first verse, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily possess us. He said, Let us look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is forever set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Why is he sitting there? He's sitting there as a mediator to fallen man, and we just need to reach out, search, and seek him, and cry for God's mercy upon us. Amen. I repent, believe, the Bible tells us, and we shall be saved. Amen. Uh, listen, it's not anything that we do. It's what he does for us. It's what he does in us. Amen. When we repent and believe, he therefore imputes into us righteousness, declares us justified, uh, puts our feet upon the rock. Uh, listen, uh, the mire and the, sty the, 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 the staunch of sin is therefore eradicated. As we uh, earlier spoke about in 1 John chapter 5, where uh, we're born again of an incorruptible seed. The Bible talks about First 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 verse number 23 uh, being, being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which uh, listen which liveth and abideth forever. So listen uh, the Bible says that when the commandment came he said I revived or I, I came alive and then he said because my sin I died and the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be to death. You see, the thing which he thought should have brought him life, listen, because of his sin, actually brought him death, actually brought him separation. You see, that's what happens to us. On that day when the gospel comes, we realize our sin. I Listen, our, our minds and our hearts, listen, we understand where we stand with God. We believe in, and we know that we have died to the love and to the practice of sin. We must yield and repent of ourselves and bring ourselves to a holy and and righteous God. That's the only way we can be saved. Listen, verse number 11, 
It said, uh, for sin taken occasion by the commandment, uh, it deceived me or it killed me. And by it slew me. Friends, listen. So, so sin, uh, because of the opportunity that it had presented, through the commandment, it deceived and it killed Paul. It, listen. And the Bible says, wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good was then that which is good made death unto me. And then listen to this. He said, God, for, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, worketh death in me by that which is good, that uh, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. So friends, listen to me. He exonerates the law of God here. He says, listen, it wasn't the law of God uh, that brought me to sin. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, the law of God that done anything. It was my sin. And see, friends, listen, that's what uh, David gives is a prime example of this in Psalms chapter number 51. Uh, when, he, uh, when he prays uh, after uh, he'd committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba uh, and God had taken his son and he found himself uh, listen, and he he killed uh, uh, or he killed Uriah, uh, and God had taken his son. He found himself in a terrible, wicked, and awful state where he was separated from God. But I want you to go read that in Psalms chapter fifty-one. Uh, listen, I'm going to go uh, find it and read it right now. Uh, listen, so I don't uh, misquote it. But Psalms chapter number uh, fifty-one. This is David's prayer uh, that he sought the Lord. Uh, and he said this, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according un unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. This was a plea and a petition to the Father. Why? Why is he doing this? You've got to remember. Nathan the prophet just a few days before this had come uh, listen and he had revealed unto David his sin uh, listen uh, David was furious and fiery mad uh, when Nathan had brought the proposition to him about the man who had taken uh, listen all the land and the one little ewe lamb David said well I would kill him Nathan looked him square in the eye and he said thou art the man you see friends listen <laughs> I'm glad that that's what happened to me amen when the gospel came on that glorious day, friends, I realized who I was. I realized that I was, hey, listen, that I, I was a wretched, horrible, terrible, wicked, abominable sinner in the eyes of God without the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell, I, listen, would, buy, would be my forever and eternal home, but I'm glad, I, listen, today that he seeks us in love and he seeks us in mercy. I, listen, I, and as I sat beside my granddaddy that morning, you've heard my testimony numerous times, as I sat beside my granddaddy that morning, I, I'm glad uh, listen that I was reminded of, uh, uh, about a place and a time uh, where I knew that he couldn't help that mama couldn't help that grandparents couldn't help the preacher couldn't help but I'm glad that I knew that Jesus could amen that's what I want you to know tonight I want you to know that Jesus can listen but David sought uh, uh, he sought God in prayer just as we should seek God. Now listen to me. A repentant heart. And when we seek God, uh, listen, when we, uh, you've heard this said many times, when we meet the terms of the gospel, what are the terms of the gospel? 
The Bible tells us in terms of the gospel that uh, we should uh, come humble as a little child. Uh, if we come, if, if we come with a broken and a contrite spirit, if we repent and believe, the Bible tells us we'll be saved. If we meet those conditions, those are the gospel. Listen, uh, the the gospel today is conditional. We have to meet those conditions. The Bible tells us in Acts four and twelve, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Jesus told Downton Peter or Downton Thomas in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes on the Father lest he come by me. So friends, listen, we understand that, 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 that we must come to him, that we must seek him, that we must, uh, we must lay everything before him. And when we lay everything before him, it is up to the Father to extend his mercy and grace. And that's what Calvary has done. He said, if you'll meet these terms, he said, I'll in no wise cast you out. Amen. And listen, I'm glad that God cannot lie. The Bible says in verse number 2, 51 Psalm, it said, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this uh, evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make of me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. You see, he found himself in a place where he realized that he had sinned and committed a horrible atrocity against God. He realized that he had taken an another man's life. He realized that he'd taken another man's wife. And because of that, there was a consequence for his sin. Friends, listen, I'm telling you something as unfortunate as it is. There is a consequence in this flesh to our sin. But I'm glad that the eternal consequence is is ratified and rectified through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to have to go through in this flesh or in this body. I don't know if I'm going to die of a heart attack, cancer, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's. I don't know if I'm going to get hit by a bus or a car. I don't know how I'm leaving this world and going over into glory. But I've preached this many times. Amen. The only way that I can get to where I'm preaching about is if I get rid of this flesh. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 50, he said, uh, "He said there shall no flesh uh, enter into that place. Amen. Uh, th- for this corruptible uh, cannot inherit incorruption. This flesh is not going. Amen. Uh, listen, I've got. We've got to lay down this body. And I'm glad that I made an eternal choice, or I made I made a temporal choice as an eight-year-old boy that has an eternal consequence. An et- eternal consequence. Heaven, my Savior, born again." I hope if you're listening, watching tonight, tomorrow, a week, two weeks from now, I hope and pray if this finds you and hits you, that you'll just stop wherever you are and ask Jesus to save you. Amen, because he can. But David said this. He said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide my face, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I'm going to try and finish this up right here. Uh, listen, we've got to, I'm, I'm only going to take about five more minutes. Listen, we got to verse number uh, 12, it says, Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy, just and good. 
was uh, then that which is good made death unto me. We've already talked a bit about this. I apologize. It says, God forbid, uh, but sin that it might appear sin working death in me uh, by that which is good. That uh, sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, uh, but I am carnal, so to understand. Now listen, we need to understand uh, the scripture here because Paul makes a transition and he starts talking about himself before he was saved. Listen, uh, in verse 14, and reading the next few verses is crucial to understand this. He said, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Friends, listen to me. You know what Paul wrote to us in six number four and in chapter six verse number fourteen it's or it says for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace you see Paul is writing to us in verse number fourteen he's writing to us in his pre regenerate state he's telling us he said for uh, for that in verse number fifteen for that which I do I allow not for what I do that do I not but what I hate that I do. I know that's a mouthful, but basically it's telling us we do the things that we hate to do. And the things that we do want to do is what we don't do. If then I do that which is uh, which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I uh, that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for, uh, for to will is, uh, is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, uh, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now we're talking about the unregenerate man. It says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In verse 24, he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And listen, we'll, we'll conclude with this a little bit early. It said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then when the mind, uh, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Friends, listen. Uh, now, I don't want to just leave you dwindling here because we're going to get into a wonderful chapter uh, next week that's going to take a long time. Uh, but listen, I, 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 want, I want to give you a little segue. Now the Bible says, now listen, we leave off in verse 25. It says, I thank God uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord that uh, so when the mind, I, uh, so with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, walking out of the flesh, but after the spirit. You see, friends, listen, there's a good part coming. Amen. Amen. There is no, there is therefore now no condemnation to them walk. Uh, listen, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That is the promise. That is the hope. Uh, we'll cut it off right there tonight. Uh, we love you. God bless you. I hope and trust uh, that this uh, finds you uh, happy and healthy. Good Lord willing, uh, leave us a note. Send us a text. Uh, it don't matter. Any way you want to do this, tell me how this video turned out. Was it good? Was the audio good? Was the visual good? 
if if it works out to the benefit, we may just try uh, and start doing a live stream on Sunday mornings as well. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you Sunday.